Welcome to the Fellowship Baptist Church podcast. Today's episode will be one of our weekly devotionals. These devotionals are typically shot live uh, via Facebook and have been condensed down into an audio version for this podcast. We hope you enjoy the practical biblical teaching you will hear and that you will learn how to better apply God's truth to your life. Good morning. Morning. Glad you're joining us here this morning. I wish that all of our church members uh, could jump online, but obviously not everyone can. But we've been hearing a lot of good comments from you. Even received a text this morning uh, about how folks are appreciating the devotional times that we have together on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So uh, we're looking forward to what the Lord has in store for us today. Looking outside here, another beautiful day the Lord has given us. I guess rain's coming again. But let's enjoy the day and let's enjoy it together right now. All right, so today we're going to talk about the city of refuge. Many of us have heard about the cities of refuge mentioned in the Old Testament, but uh, seldom, I don't think I've ever preached on it, and seldom do we ever hear much about the cities of refuge. Um, But for whatever reason, the Lord brought these cities to my mind, and so I thought I would uh, look at what the Bible says about the city of refuge. Well, there is actually six of them, and there's four passages of Scripture that speak about the cities of refuge. There's Numbers chapter 35, Deuteronomy chapter 4, Deuteronomy chapter 19, and then Joshua chapter 20. So turn to Joshua chapter 20. It just happens to be the one that I chose, and it tells us about the cities of refuge and what the purpose was for them. As I said, there were six towns that were designated as the cities of refuge, uh, three in Israel and three in Judah. And these were towns that if someone was accused of murder or manslaughter, um, they could run uh, to these towns and they could find refuge or asylum in these towns until their case was heard by the congregation and it was determined whether or not they were innocent or whether or not they were guilty. It was just a place where they could go and be protected, particularly from the family members who were seeking revenge upon them uh, for uh, the death of their loved one. So we'll pick up here in uh, Joshua uh, chapter uh, 20. Then the Lord spake unto Joshua, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, Appoint out of you cities of refuge, whereof I spake, unto you by the hand of Moses, that the slayer that killeth any persons unawares and unwittingly may flee thither, and they shall be your refuge from the avenger of blood, which was probably a close family member. And when he doth flee unto one of those cities, shall stand at the entering of the gate of the city, and shall declare his case to the ears of the elders of that city. And they shall take him into the city unto them and give him a place that he may dwell among them. And if the avenger of blood pursue after him, then they shall not deliver the slayer up into his hand because he smote his neighbor unwittingly and hated him not before time. And he shall dwell in that city until he stand before the congregation for judgment, and until the death of the high priest 
that shall be in those days. Then shall the slayer return and come unto his own city and unto his own house, unto the city from whence he fled. Now let's drop down to verse number nine. These were the cities appointed for all the children of Israel and for the stranger that sojourneth among them, that whosoever killeth any person unawares might flee thither and not die by the hand of the avenger of blood until he stood before the congregation. So let's pause now for a word of prayer. I'll have Ben lead us in prayer and uh, we'll get into this passage of scripture and then see how it applies to our life today. Ben? Dear Lord, just thank you for bringing us all here this morning and giving us the opportunity to uh, hear from God's word uh, from Pastor White. Just bless our hearts, speak to our hearts, help us to apply it to our daily lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. At those times, blood vengeance was a very customary practice. If someone would cause the death of your loved one, then you would take revenge upon them, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth uh, type of thing. Uh, so these cities were uh, designated as a place where the accused could be protected from the retaliation of these family members until his case was heard among the congregation, it says here. So if a family member was, was angry and, and wanted to take revenge upon this person and kill them because of the death of their loved one, these people would have a place of refuge that they could go to. Now, I believe that names in the Bible are very significant. God just doesn't throw a name at something, uh, nor does he put things out of order. It's not just uh, random thoughts that cross the mind of God, and he just kind of threw them down on the sacred pages. I believe that each one of these cities that are mentioned here uh, are mentioned in order. And so I, I stopped to think about that, and we have Kadesh, which means, in Hebrew, it means holiness. We have Shechem, one another cities, which means strength. We have Hebron, which means fellowship. Bizar, which means safety. Ramoth, which means uplifting. And Golan, which means happiness. And so as I thought about this, the first one is holiness, the last one is happiness. Isn't it interesting how God puts holiness before happiness? Hmm. We have, a, we have a way of reversing that order or leaving holiness out altogether and yeah. putting happiness at the top of the list. But God says, no, holiness, think about that. Holiness is more important to him than our personal happiness. Now we know from yesterday's message, if you listened uh, to the morning service, that holiness leads to a godly life, which leads to God's um, prosperity, uh, blessing, and success. But just, just interesting to me, just a thought that came to my mind. So these, uh, these cities uh, granted sanctuary. Now, when once a person uh, came to that city and made an appeal to the elders, then his case was heard among the congregation. Now, how they set up that court, I don't know, Ben. It's, it's not told to us in Scripture, but obviously they chose people as we would choose a jury, mm. chose people from uh, the congregation, and then they would judge this individual. Uh, was he truly guilty of manslaughter or was it murder? Uh, if, if it was an accident, then they declared him innocent. He could go back to his hometown without having to fear vengeance. 
uh, from the family. But if it was murder, if it was proven that it truly was premeditated murder, then in the Old Testament, murder uh, had the, the, the penalty of death hmm. under Mosaic law. Exodus 12 or excuse me, 21 verse 12 says, He that smiteth a man so that he die shall be surely put to death. So that's just kind of a quick overview of the cities of refuge and, and why God had them choose these six cities. But is there any application to our lives today? The Bible said the things that were written beforehand in the Old Testament were written for our learning. And so is there anything that we can learn, we can apply from the cities of refuge? First of all, uh, this came to my mind, as Christians, we have a place of refuge. Hmm. Over and over and over and over and over again, the Bible talks about how God is our refuge. Amen. For example, uh, Proverbs chapter 14, verse 26, In the fear of the Lord is strong confidence, and his children shall have a place of refuge. Aren't you glad that we have a place that we can run to when things are really going very badly in our lives? Amen. That we have a place and we have a person that we can run to. Isaiah chapter 25 verse 4 said, For thou hast been a strength to the poor, a strength to the needy in his distress, a refuge from the storm. Remember here a, a, a few um, a weeks or maybe a couple weeks ago, we talked about enduring the storms of life. Yeah. We have a refuge that we can run to during the storms of life, a shadow from the heat when the blast of the troubled ones is as a storm. So praise the Lord that when a storm comes in our lives as believers, we have a place that we can run to. Some of you right now are thinking, boy, a storm has hit me now through this coronavirus, uh, this, uh, quote, pandemic uh, that has taken the whole world by storm. Uh, yes, we do as Christians. We have a place that we can run to and a person that we can run to as our refuge. Psalm 9.9 says, The Lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in a time of trouble. Psalm 46 and verse 7 says, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. The prophet Jeremiah said, O Lord, my strength and my fortress and my refuge in the day of affliction. I think many of us are familiar with 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7 through verse 11. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. He's our city of refuge. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, reminds me of the families that were pursuing the man who was guilty hmm. of manslaughter. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour, but we have a city of protection, a city of refuge. Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world, but the God of all grace. It was very gracious for God to designate these six cities. Right? He didn't have to do that. That was a gracious act of God to have these cities of refuge that the accused could run to. 
who hath called us into his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, that after you have suffered a while, he'll make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Mm. So praise the Lord. When times of trouble come, we have a place. We have a person that we can run to. <clears throat> and when I thought, Ben, you know, this is where meditation comes in. When I was meditating upon this passage of Scripture and I was thinking about the names of those cities of refuge, I thought, doesn't that reflect the ministry of Christ? He's our holiness. Mm. He's our strength. He's our fellowship. He's our safety. He's the one that uplifts us. He's the source of our happiness. It was just amazing to me that these cities reflect the very person of the Lord Jesus Christ that we may flee thither and they shall be your refuge. Praise the Lord that Jesus Christ is our refuge. And then I also thought this, this whole idea of these cities of refuge, that, that was not man's idea. God made it very clear this was his idea and it was an idea that he gave to Moses and now it was time to implement that why? Because God is a God of mercy. He's a God of grace. Salvation was not man's idea. Salvation from start to finish was God's idea. We didn't have anything to do with it. Yeah. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He has saved us. Salvation is by grace through faith. Praise God. And as these Think about this, as these cities were really a gift to the accused. So Jesus is a gift to us who have been accused. Amen. For God so loved the world that he gave his gift, his only begotten son. Just a couple more verses I want to leave with you um, before we close. Uh, Hebrews chapter 4. Verse 14 to verse 16, seeing that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast the profession of our faith. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we, yet without sin. Now listen. Let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace, just as these cities were a place of grace. So we have a place. It's called the throne of grace, that we can obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need, just as they needed mercy and grace in the cities of refuge, so do we. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10 through verse 19, we won't read that whole passage, but verse 19 says this, that by two immutable, that means things that can't change, and the text tells us that the things that will never change, there's only two things that will never change in this life. Boy, how's it, how this world has changed yeah. so quickly. But two things that will never change is God will never change. I am the Lord thy God, I change not, and his word will never change. Mm. These are the two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, that we may have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth 
into that within the veil. So we have a refuge. We have a place, the throne of grace. And we have a person, the Lord Jesus Christ. Psalm 46 and verse 1, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of need. Remember that passage of scripture in John 10 where the Lord says, no man can pluck them out of my Father's hand. Praise the Lord, we have a place of safety. David said, but I will sing of thy power. Well, that's something to sing about, isn't it? I will sing of thy power. Yea, I will sing aloud of thy mercy in the morning, for thou hast been my defense and refuge in the day of trouble. Christians, we have something to sing about. We have something to be joyful about, even in the face of trials, trouble, adversity, and suffering. Amen. We have a place and we have a person that we can run to for safety. There's that hymn. Now, I guess it's not a hymn. It would be a chorus. Um, safe and I. Do you know that chorus? Safe am I, safe am I, Sounds in funny. the hollow of his hand sheltered o'er sheltered o'er with his love forevermore no ill can harm me no foe alarm me for he keeps both day and night safe am i safe am i in the hollow of his that's the first special I've ever done. <laughs> Very first one. No one asked me to do it. That was totally spontaneous. Thank you for enduring. Uh, what a blessing. Safe am I in the hollow of his head. Amen. Ben, anything you want to add to that? I just think that was a great lesson. I think uh, we believe that the scriptures is all about the story of Jesus Christ. Um, the Old Testament all points forward to what Jesus Christ is going to do on the cross. The New Testament, if you read the scriptures, all points back at what Jesus Christ has done. And then, of course, the book of Revelation points back forward again into the future of what Christ will do. But we believe that everything in the scriptures centers around the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so we see here another story from the Old Testament mm. that points forward to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I think a lot of times that we get that turmoil in our hearts and our spirits because we forget exactly what the gospel is. Mm. And we forget what Christ has done for us through the gospel. I'm, I'm going through a devotional book right now, and it's, it's literally called Gospel. And every single devotional, uh, it talks about all types of things, finances, um, fear, worry, sin, and it talks about how we get into those things and how if we understand the gospel and how the gospel cures all of those things, whether it's pride, right? I mean, think about these two things. They said a lot of times, last devotion I was reading, he said a lot of times people fall into sin for two reasons, pride or fear, like insecurities. Hmm. And he said, if you think about how the gospel solves that. Because you have nothing to be prideful about because we know we are nothing without Christ. So we literally have nothing to boast of. And then fear, the insecurities, those fears, we don't understand the gospel that we are secure in Christ. Mm -hmm. And so just it's just a great, just, it's all about the gospel. While you were saying that, 
Remember when we were reading this passage here in Joshua chapter 20 about the city's refuge? It said that this, and I, I didn't understand that until you just said this, but it said that that person was safe hmm. as long as the high priest was alive. Hmm. We have a high priest that liveth forevermore. Amen. Think about that. So when I read that through, I said, I'm not even going to comment on that <laughs> because I have no idea why he was safe only until the high priest would die. Hmm. But we're safe forever. Eternal security. Amen. What a refuge we have. I think the big question is, <clears throat> do you have that security? We talk about the gospel and salvation, but do you understand what that means? Do you understand? I think the gospel, I can't remember who it was, but they said, some theologian, he said, um, he said the gospel is simple enough for a child to understand, yet the depth of it is so deep. I mean, this guy has written almost a hundred books, theological books. He said, I still do not understand the depth of the gospel through all of my study. A hundred books, theological books, he said. I still am still trying to grasp the depth of what the gospel means. Mm. And that's me every single day understanding what does the gospel mean. But I think ultimately if you don't know Jesus Christ as your own personal Savior, it's that you and I, uh, Pastor White, <laughs> all of us, we've, we've sinned against the Holy God. Um, we have broken His laws. And because of that, we are underneath the condemnation and the judgment of God. But Jesus Christ came on a rescue mission for humanity. And uh, he came down, he lived the life that we could not live, mm -hmm. a perfect life. Um, and then after he had lived a perfect life, he died on the cross for our sins, appeasing God's wrath because only the innocent can die for the guilty. And uh, once Jesus Christ was on the cross, he said it is finished and he died. And uh, they took his body off the cross and buried him. And three days later, he rose from the dead. And that's significant because this is what it did. It proved that Jesus was who he said he was and that he could do what he said he came to do, mm. which was to forgive our sins and to come live in our lives and begin to heal the broken places in our lives. And the Bible says that if we confess our sins and we cry out to Jesus Christ alone for salvation, that God will forgive us of our sins. We look to Jesus Christ as the substitute for our sins. He is our mediator. He is the one that goes before us on, uh, goes before unto God on our behalves. And he says, I have covered them in the blood. And the, the, what the Bible says in order to get that is we simply have to believe that Jesus Christ and him alone is the one for salvation and put our full trust in him and that he, we, if we accept him into our lives, he will then forgive us of our sins and begin to help us. He begins to heal those broken places in our lives, and then it begins to help us to live a pure, holy, sanctified life. Now, sanctification is um, something that it doesn't mean we'll ever become sinless. It means that every day as we live with Jesus Christ inside us, we begin to sin less. We'll never become sinless. But as we grow in, Jesus Christ will become sinless. And the way to accept Jesus Christ is the Bible says we have to repent 
and believe. Repent is a Bible word, which means to turn away from or to reject the life that we've been living, the sinful, wicked life that we've been living in. We reject that and we turn to Christ. That's what repent means. And believe is really just to believe the gospel message that Jesus Christ came down. He was the Son of God, lived a holy, perfect, sinless life. He died on the cross to cover our sins. Three days later, after he died, he rose from the dead proving he was who he said he was. And if we accept this Jesus Christ into our lives, then the Bible says that we can know for sure that heaven will be our home. The question is, do you, have you accepted the gospel? And the, the bigger question is, even after that, that's the main question, have you accepted the gospel? But if you have, are you telling other people about this as well? Which this is what God has called us to do. Tell other people about the hope of the gospel. And as Pastor was saying this, you cannot have this peace that he was talking about without the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm. There is no hope and no peace without the security of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if you do have the gospel of Jesus Christ and you have accepted Christ, why are you in so much turmoil? Why don't you have this peace that God has given us through the gospel? Mm -hmm. Pastor? Just to close, I just once again think about the names of these towns and what they signify. Um, there was no way the people that lived in those towns could even make the connection between nope. the name and between Christ. Yep. We can now, looking back on it, and just it's like all the Old Testament's a type of Christ. But He's our holiness, He's our strength, He's our fellowship, He's our safety, Amen. He uplifts us, and He's our happiness. I, I will never forget the day I got saved and the joy, joy unspeakable and full of glory. Amen. Listen, you ran to him at one time in your life. If you're in trouble, won't you run to him again? Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word, for the amazing truths of Scripture and how you are our city of refuge that you are a place and you are the person that we can run to. And as long as our high priest liveth, we have an asylum. We have protection. And no man can pluck us out of the Father's hand. Bless our dear people. And Lord, to give them a good day and in you today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Just a quick announcement before we let you guys go. And that is, um, we this week are going to be working really hard on putting together a special Easter service for online streaming. I've been talking to our music committee, specifically Alyssa <laughs> and uh, Pastor, and we're we're, we're going to try to put together a list of specials. We've already uh, been contacting some of the people uh, to get together. We'll be staying safe and we'll be doing, you know, following all the guidelines. So obviously uh, I, what would be great is if we could get lots of people, it's just not going to happen. So we got a group of about five people. We're gonna be putting together specials. We're going to be leading you guys in, in worship. We've got a lot of ideas. We're, we're gonna run it a lot like the Christmas Eve service where we'll have a maybe a congregational, 
a uh, pastor will get up say something we'll have a special pat so in between each special and in between each congregational song pastor will uh, i don't know exactly what he has planned yet but maybe give us more of the easter story and have words to say in between all of those so it's going to be a lot of work I don't, uh, the prayer is that we can get this done this week. Uh, we literally got the idea yesterday afternoon as we were talking over this and flushing it out because we really want to do something special for Easter. I mean, <laughs> you know, that's the gospel, right? I mean, that's Jesus Christ died on the cross, rose again. That's why we celebrate. It's the most significant day for Christianity is Easter because that's what it all culminates into. So be in prayer for that. I don't know if it's gonna work out. We're gonna be working really hard. So this is what we ask you, spread the word. Uh, we're gonna to try to get some um, promotional material out there on Facebook so you can share it and invite people to this. Um, but uh, just pray that we can get this all done this week. It's very short notice. It's gonna be a lot, but hopefully this will happen. So it'll be an hour long service with specials, congregationals, um, with Lissa playing the piano. So, you know, we've gotten some ideas on how we're going to do all this. So anyways, you can be in prayer that God will bless this and that this Sunday we will be able to celebrate an Easter service with each other here on Facebook. So. I think we're going to make it kind of more of a homey setting. And uh, right now we're kind of thinking about broadcasting from our home, yep. from our new home. Uh, out there on Van Horn Road. So we'll, we'll see how that all works out. If you saw the special this week on the live stream, that it's going to have that same flavor to it. So we're going to be up there in, in the loft at Pastor's um, uh, home and try to set it all up and just try to, like I said, we've never done anything like this. I'm just praying it's going to work out, but I'm really excited. So anyways. All right. Hope everybody has a great day. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram where you can see what's happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.